Wow, amen. A big amen to that, Sister Rochelle. That was a blessing, a huge blessing. And by the way, I have to tell you, uh, you have a beautiful voice. <laughs> All right, thank you so much for blessing our hearts this morning. And wow, truly our God is uh, constant, right? He is faithful and true. He never changes. He's an immutable God. And praise God because that's the kind of God we are worshiping. That's the kind of God that we are praising this morning. Imagine if he's not constant to us, right? Imagine if he's not faithful. Imagine if his words are always wavering and changing, all right? But thank God because he is not like that, amen? He is a very constant God, so praise Jesus. So this morning, I'm, I'm so uh, glad. I'm actually kind of nervous also for some reason, but um, I'm not going to sing because that song is enough for us to, you know, be prepared for God's message, but I'm just really glad and I'm excited. I know that a lot of people won't be here because we know a lot of people are away, but we have a good number this morning, right? So thank you all so much for being here with us, and you know, um, if you notice the title of our message, Be the Refreshment. Uh, hopefully, we will be able to refresh each other this morning. And uh, I'm really excited to preach this message, and I hope that we are all looking forward to be blessed by God. And in order for that to happen, we really have to humble ourselves and empty our hearts and our minds and really pay attention to uh, the moving of the Holy Spirit in our midst. So without further ado, I would like to request everyone to please rise, and as we give reverence to God's word, let's open our Bibles in uh, the book of Romans. Romans chapter 15, verse 30, down to verse number 33. Romans chapter 15, verse 30 to 33, since there's only uh, four verses, shall we read all the verses all together? If you're there with me, say amen. 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 Let's read. Verse 30, ready now, begin. Now I beseech you, brethren, for the Lord Jesus Christ's sake and for the love of the Spirit, that ye strive together with me in your prayers to God for me, that I may be delivered from them that do not believe in Judea, and that my service which I have for Jerusalem may be accepted of the saints, that I may come unto you with joy by the will of God, and may with you be refreshed, now the God of peace be with you all. Amen. Let's go to God in prayer. Our gracious Heavenly Father, our, our hearts are so overwhelmed once again that we are here in your house of worship. Lord, we always see ourselves as unworthy and deserving to be worshiping a holy God. But thank you, Lord God, because of the mediator, our because of our um, Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who made a way for us, who interceded for us, now that we have a relationship with you back again, and this um, access we have with you, now we can boldly and with meekness and fear and trembling in our hearts that we can worship you in spirit and in truth. Thank you, Lord God, so much for this time that we can study thy word as a church family, as God's family together. I pray that you forgive us, Lord, from any iniquities in our hearts, any um, 
taint of uh, sin, Lord, I pray that you forgive us. I know that even right now, maybe we're thinking of something that is not pleasing to thy sight, Lord, please forgive us. And may your Holy Spirit be with us, hide me behind thy cross. We pray for the power of the Holy Spirit to be evident, his power in our midst. May you be glorified, Lord, no one else. And all we just want is for us to be blessed and we be able to bless your name also. This is all we pray in Christ's most precious name. Amen and amen. You may now be seated. And um, also before I start, I would just like to praise God for all your prayers and thank you all for your prayers for uh, the traveling mercy we had last week. I wasn't here last week because uh, we went to... Um, to Boston, our daughter church there in Sovereign Grace Baptist Bible Church to um, minister in their church, and uh, I praise God for the safe travel he has given us. And it's really good to be back, you know, um, if you're in this church like every Sunday and then all of a sudden you went to another church, it's kind of different, you know, so I miss this church and I'm glad that I'm back, and, uh, and now I'm back and preaching God's Word also here, amen, so I'm really excited. So this verse that we have read, um, this was written by Apostle Paul to the Romans. And I believe that this time, um, I believe that some of you already went on vacation, right? Um, this is like the time we're at the end of vacation days because the school is about to start for the, for the students, for all our kids, our children, and everything is going to go back to normal. But... Uh, who among you here have really enjoyed the summer, this vacation? Amen. Amen. They say that you can tell someone that they enjoy the summer by the color of their skin. And if you're going to look at Brother Robert, <laughs> I think he's, the, he's the, like, the person who most enjoyed this summer, you know, because of all the tan and all of that. But if you have enjoyed this, you know, a little time off from anything that you want to get, you know, escape from, that's good for you. And I believe that it is God's, um, God wants us also to enjoy His creation, right? To get a time off and enjoy whatever we can. And, you know, I believe that we go on vacation because we want to be, get rest, right? We, got, we want to get refreshed, amen, so that when we go back, but usually when we go back, we're always tired, right? But there's still that kind of feeling that we're kind of revived and refreshed and we're good to go again for, you know, the, ne the next days of our life. I, that's why I believe that, you know, um, vacation are so important, you know? But you don't actually have to go somewhere. You don't actually have to go anywhere else for you to be refreshed. Don't you know that? You know... Um, of course, we, we, those, we, we truly need those vacation times, but don't you know that just by seeing each other in the church, especially God's family, you can be refreshed? Amen? Amen. Amen. As soon as when you, I don't know who's the first person you've seen in the church this morning, but I would say <laughs> uh, the first person I saw this morning was Sister Silene, but she was... Um, uh, I think she was coming from this way. I, all I saw was her back because I was behind her. So she was the first person. And I know that when I see her face, she always, have, she always has that smile, you know, on her face. So it would be really nice if she has, she's the first person 
I saw in the church. But I don't mind if any one of you is the first person I see in the church. But, you know, just by seeing each other, we can actually be refreshed already. And we're going to dive into that because there are also instances in the Bible, especially this man of God, Apostle Paul, who really loves to see God's children. He longs to fellowship with them. He longs to see them. You know, like the people he witnessed to, the people who were converted, um, the, the followers of God, you know, he's, so, he's always excited to see them once again. That's why I believe the Bible is telling us in Hebrews 10.25, right? Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another. You know, when we see each other, we are being encouraged. We are being exhorted. Uh, th that's why there is the importance of, you know, our presence in the church, our faithful attendance in the church, you know, and also in Galatians chapter 6 verse 10, it says there, as we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are the household of faith. And that is talking to God's family. That is talking to us, the, you know, the church. Don't you know that one of the most important aspects of Christian life is the positive effect that we can have on other believers? Amen? You know, this concept has been repeated in the Word of God all throughout. You know, in Romans chapter 14, verse 7, I don't know if it's on the screen, but the Bible says, For none of us liveth to himself, and no man dieth to himself. This means that... We cannot live by ourselves. It means that we have to live to bless others. Amen? To bless our brothers and sisters in Christ. You know, if you are or if you want to refresh other people, or let me say the word refresh also could also be um, used the word uplift other people, you know, it mostly likely be done on purpose. You know, it's not going to happen automatically, but we have to do it on purpose. You know, not to say that some people are refreshing to be around and they don't even, you know, realize it. You know, there are people who have just grown in their relationship with God. We have just grown in, you know, in their relationship with others who have been grounded in the Word of God that for them it, it may look easy on them, you know, to be just natural and be a blessing to other people. But before we dive into this, let's see the context of this chapter, Romans chapter 15. In Romans 15, it concludes Paul's teaching that those strong in faith ought to sacrifice their own desires to live in harmony with other believers. Paul shows that God always planned to welcome the Gentile nations and his and his mission is to introduce Gentiles to the message of salvation by Christ by faith in Christ Jesus. We know that Apostle Paul is an apostle to the Gentiles, amen? But of course, if he has the opportunity to uh, proclaim the gospel to the Jews, he would. But mainly, you know, God called him for, you know, the grace of God, the gospel of God to be also shared to the Gentiles. He longs to visit the Christians in Rome and plans to do so as soon as he delivers financial aid to poor Christian Jews in Jerusalem. Now, I have three minor points this morning. Amen. Before we have, we'll have our three major points. The first minor point, amen. amen. 
It's just 11.10, all right? And Pastor Sam usually finishes at like 12.30. So, <laughs> okay. All right. Um, all right. So the first one, um, the act of being a, a person that can refresh others, you know that this is a desired act. It is a desired act. What do you mean by desired? It is needed. How much we need encouragement nowadays. You know, one of the prayer meetings, uh, guest speakers that we um, had previously talked about encouragement, right? It is a desired act. We need to be encouraged. We need all to be refreshed. You know, actually, we are required to be refreshed because what would happen if we will just work and work and get tired and get tired and not getting refreshed? You know, in our text, Paul mentioned several times just how much he wanted to meet with these saints and be refreshed. In verse 22 of the same chapter, the Bible says, For which cause also I have been much hindered from coming to you. Verse 23, but now having no more place in these parts and having a great desire these many years to come unto you. See, that desire, it was not just a little desire, but Apostle Paul has this great desire to be reunited again with the believers in Rome. You know, I hope that we will not be the kind of person who would say, oh, I'm glad I'm not part of that group anymore. Oh, I'm glad that I'm not part of that gathering anymore. You know, our church should be a place where people would really miss our fellowship. Amen? We have to make our church, we have to make this place a place where people would really miss out if they're not here. Amen? But if you're saying that, there could be a problem, something wrong with that group, or something, something is wrong with you yourself, Right? You know, we get tired, we get discouraged, we wear down, and I believe we all need to be refreshed. You know, and I believe that coming to church is refreshing. Amen. Amen. Coming to church, yes, it is refreshing. Yes, we are not perfect. Amen. We are not perfect physically. If you're going to see each other, there's a lot of flaws and, you know, imperfections. Even our attitude, our behavior... You know, but God is still molding us and is still, you know, trying to refine us. But praise God because the God we are serving is a perfect God. Amen. The reason why our fellowship could be so awesome is because of the fellowship that we have around His Word and that we have Christ in our hearts. And everything is all by God's grace and mercy. Amen. Amen. The presence of God is here. His Spirit is here with us. And we have to let it flow in our lives. That is the reason this church, this gathering, ourselves can be refreshing to others. You know, God created the Sabbath for that very reason. It was a time to be physically refreshed and rest from six days of physical labor and work. In Exodus chapter 23, verse 12, if you... Could please open your Bibles in Exodus 23, 12. The Bible says, Six days thou shalt do thy work, and on the seventh day thou shalt rest, that thy ox and thine ass may rest, and the son of the handmaid and the stranger may be refreshed. I feel bad if you would have to work like from Monday 
to Wednesday, I mean to Wednesday, Monday to Sunday. Seven days. I can't, I can't work like that. Amen. Praise God for the full-time job that we have, that we are only required 40 days a week. And it can actually provide for what we need. I mean, 40 hours a week. All right, so you're awake. You're paying attention. I think I'm the only one who's not paying attention to my words. But just 40 hours a week. And the rest of the hours of the week, it is for ourselves and for our God. You know? And of course, we have to prioritize Him. That's why we are here on Sunday, this very first day of the week. Because we want to put Him first in our lives. And this is like our rest day. I hope that when we come to church, we don't get stressed out. Oh, I'm going to see that member again. I'm going to see that brother again. It's stressing me out. It's, I hope not, right? Every time we see each other, oh, I'm, I'm glad to see you. Amen? Amen. Amen. Am I being sincere? <laughs> all right, but yes, you know, because all of us here... There is something in common because we are all saved by God's grace and we are all living by the grace of God. That's why every time we see each other, I believe it is a great encouragement. One thing is true when it comes to refreshment, everyone wants it and I believe that everyone needs it. Amen? No matter how spiritual, how important, how confident, and how strong you are, I believe that all we all need to be refreshed. We all need to be refreshed. It is a desired act. Secondly, it is a delivering act. What's the first one? And that is under the minor. minor. Okay, minor. Minor point. The second minor point, it is a delivering act. Refreshment helps a person escape from a current physical, spiritual, and even mental meltdown or difficulty. You know what Paul mentioned in Romans chapter 15, if we're going to read from verse, I know we've already read verse 30 to 32, but let me include verse 29. And I am sure that when I come unto you, I shall come in the fullness of the blessing of the gospel of Christ. Now I beseech you, brethren, for the Lord Jesus Christ's sake and for the love of the Spirit, that ye strive together with me in your prayers to God for me, that I may be delivered from them. So where does Apostle Paul need to be delivered from? From them that do not believe in Judea, and that my service, which I have for Jerusalem, may be accepted of the saints, that I may come unto you with joy by the will of God, and may with you be refreshed. You know what? This verse was Paul's prayer request to be literally delivered from unbelievers. It says there, from them that do not believe. Oh, I think that's very conflicting because Apostle Paul was, we are all called to go to the lost, to the unbeliever. So how come you want to be delivered from them? But let, you know, we have to like see the situation here that sometimes when you're always with the unbelievers, there's pressure especially for Apostle Paul. He loves to preach the gospel. His desire is for them to be saved because that is God's desire for them. But imagine if you're always around them. And for Apostle Paul, he used to be a persecutor. Imagine, and now that he was changed, that God saved him, people are like, you know, persecuting him because he used to be a persecutor. And how hard would that be for Apostle Paul? So sometimes he wants to have a break 
You know, sometimes he just wants to be refreshed again, to be revived again, to be in a different circle of people. But of course, there is always that desire for him to go to those lost people and preach the gospel to them. See what I'm saying here? You know, but make no mistake, the act of refreshing someone delivers them from being tired. You know, when you're with someone, when you're with the people that are really refreshing by the grace of God, you know, from being tired, you will be inspired if you're around with the right people, right? We will be delivered from the state of discouragement to the state of encouragement. Amen. We will be delivered from a feeling of hopelessness to hope. You know, we will be delivered from thinking that we are worthless to feeling valuable. You know, are there like some people that when you're with them, you feel like you're very treasured and you're very cherished? Amen. And there are also people who would, when you're with them, you feel like you're a garbage or like a trash. You know, but I hope that when we are with God's people, we would always feel that we are special. We would always feel that we are valuable because that is what God sees all of us. Amen? We will be delivered from being frustrated to having clarity and focus. We will be delivered that it provides health to those who are hurting. You know what? Here is an example of this in the ministry of the Apostle Paul in Acts 28 verse 15. In Acts 28, verse 15, the Bible says, And from thence, when the brethren heard of us, they came to meet us as far as Apiphorum and the three taverns, whom when Paul saw, he thanked God and took courage. You know, just by seeing those brethren, he was already thanking God and he took courage. Why? Because the situation here, you know, Apostle Paul has been through so many storms in his life, through uh, so many um, problems and troubles that he faced in the ministry, after a horrible storm, two weeks at sea with no sun, a devastating shipwreck being cast upon the island of Melita, being bitten by a venomous snake while gathering firewood, being accused of being a murderer, then worshipped as a god, spending three months pe healing people with bloody fluxes, fluxes and diseases. I can imagine that Paul needed some refreshing. You know, I believe just like us. You know, sometimes when we go through the week, sometimes there are just ordinary weeks, but sometimes there are hard weeks, right? We go through life, we go through this life, you know, and life is hard. Life is hard, but thank God, He is good. Amen? Yeah. Life is hard, but God is good. Just like us, we go through tough times in our lives. We go through rough weeks in our life. I don't know what you're phasing when it comes to your work. I know that there's a lot of issues, pressures, and conflicts when it comes to work also. With this world that we are battling, trying not to be conformed in this world, and sometimes even with our families, we have issues also, and relationships, there are issues and conflicts. And when we come to church, we just want to really enjoy God's presence and be refreshed by the fellowship of our brethren. It delivers us. It is a delivering act. And last from our minor point, amen? It is a delightful, delightful act. So how would, how would we say, how would you be delighted? Maybe some of you, if you ate ice cream, you're delighted. I don't know for other people. 
Um, Brother Joe, what would make you delight, delight, or delighted? <laughs> My wife, your wife in a good mood. <laughs> All right, so I, I, I saw that. Uh, <laughs> is she in a good mood right now? <laughs> well, she's in the church. You better be <laughs> in a good mood. All right, it is a delightful act. Notice Paul's language here when talking about the prospect of meeting up with these saints in Romans chapter uh, 15, verse 32, from our, one of the verses. That I may come unto you with joy. Amen? By the will of God, and may with you be refreshed. You know what the word refreshed here? It, it means to take mutual rest. Mutual Refreshment by mutual interaction. When we say mutual, what is that? Is that one way? Usually it's two way, right? Um, when, we, when we get to a relationship, it, it can't be like a, a single way relationship, all right? Not the only one is the one loving, okay? But of course, it has to be mutual. That, But the word refresher also, it, it means mutual rest and mutual refreshment and mutual interaction it is a two-way so when you come here you're refreshing others and those others are being refreshed by you isn't that amazing that's why we are supposed to be one united because it's always better together amen <laughs> amen in exodus 23 12 also um, the, the verse that we have read about rest, six days thou shalt do thy work, and do on the Sabbath day shalt thou rest, that thine ox and thine ass may rest, and the son of thy handmaid and the stranger may be refreshed. You know, the word um, rest there literally means a breath. When you and I refresh someone, it is quite literally a breath of fresh air. When you want a, when you need a breath of fresh air, where would you go? To the city? To the subway? What's going to happen when you like try to hold your breath and then you go to the city for how long? And then after, when you're finally there, you know, you inhale and exhale. What, what are you going to breathe in? All those smokes and toxics, right? But if you want to have fresh air, where would you go? the ocean, the mountain, to a place where it's peaceful and there is literally a fresh air. And when you do that, you know, when you inhale, you would feel in your physical body that you're being refreshed because of that fresh air. You know, it is a healing effect on the inside of a person that is difficult to describe. I hope that is the kind of refreshing person we are to one another. Amen? Now, how is that possible? How is that possible? Paul worded it like this when writing to Philemon in Philemon 1 verse 7, For we have great joy and consolation in thy love, because the bowels of the saints are refreshed by thee, brother. Now, the question is, what are some things that God uses in our life to help refresh other people? Aren't you curious, what are we supposed to do? What are the things that we should have? You know, of course, we all have Christ in our hearts. But now coming to the three major points, amen? amen. But I promise you, uh, these are real quick, uh, three major points. 
When, when I say refreshing, I'm not actually talking about the physical refresh, refreshing of hospitality. I know that we are all good at that. And praise God. Amen. Our church is very um, implementing on that one. Not, but I don't mean like preparing meals or providing accommodations. Those are good stuff that we can apply for us to be refreshing. But I'm speaking of the deeper spiritual refreshing of God's people that is so desperately needed today. Just three basic things, three main points. The first one, we should have a fervent sincerity. We should have a fervent sincerity in order for us to be a source of refreshment, in order for us to be able to refresh God's people. You know what? One of the greatest ways to refresh God's people is for our testimony to be real, for our testimony to be genuine, for our testimony to be true. It is refreshing when you hear about how great somebody is, and once you meet them, it turns out to be really true. Isn't that amazing? And that happened in the life of Titus. Um, in 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 13, the Bible says, Therefore, we were comforted in your comfort, yea, and exceedingly the more joyed we for the joy of Titus, because his spirit was refreshed by you all. You know, if we're going to read, uh, I think I also put there right from uh, 2 Corinthians 7, 11 to 17. All right, so can we open our Bibles there? 2 Corinthians 7. I hope I have that in my Bible. All right, 2 Corinthians 7, 11 to 16. The Bible says, Wherefore, though I wrote unto you, I did not for this cause that had done the wrong, nor for his cause that suffered wrong, but that our care for you in the sight of God might appear unto you. Therefore we were comforted in your comfort, yea, and exceedingly the more joyed we for the joy of Titus, because his spirit was refreshed by you all. For if I, for if I have boasted anything to him of you, I am not ashamed, but as we speak all things to you in truth, even so our boasting which I made before Titus is found a truth. And his inward affection is more abundant toward you, whilst he remembers the obedience of you all, how with fear and trembling you received him. I rejoice, therefore, that I have confidence in you in all things. So what happened here? We know that the Corinthian people, they used to be like the most wicked and sinful individuals, sinful, you know, um, people in that in that place because you know how Corinth was. But the Lord changed them. You know, the Lord saved them. And Apostle Paul here was trying to tell Titus that, oh, you know what? You should really meet these people, these saved people. And he told him a lot of things about the Corinthians, the Corinthian believers that made Titus really excited to meet them. And when they met them personally, what Paul told him was truth. He was really refreshed. Titus was refreshed by the church of Corinth when he witnessed Paul's report was true. 
They had repented. They were filled with vehement or passionate, intense desire, zeal, and received him with fear and trembling. And Paul was really so proud and boasting of them to Titus, and it was found to be true in verse 14 that we have just read. For if I have boasted anything to him of you, I am not ashamed. But as we spake all things to you in truth, even so our boasting, which I have made before Titus, is found a truth. Amen? Isn't that amazing? Paul wasn't embarrassed or ashamed for what he had told Titus because it came out to be true. The question is, what about our, our church? What about our selves, our individual representation of ourselves to others and of ourselves to God? Are we sincere? Are we really true? Can someone really tell something about us, good something about us, that when that person finally meets us, they would see that what they have commended, what they have said was true enough? Are we true to others? Are we true to ourselves? Are we true to God? You know, are we praying here in the church? Are we also praying when we are outside the church? Amen? When we are in our workplace or with our families? You know, are we sincere? Are we true? Are we real? And I believe that it could be refreshing to other people if we have fervent sincerity in our life. You know, we live in a world full of... You don't even know what's the truth anymore, but just thank God for his word. Amen? Absolute truth. A lot of, you know, full of hypocrisies. You see them on the screen, different in person. You know, when you see them on social media, they look so beautiful, so pretty. But when you see them in person, oh, what happened? You know, a lot of those kinds of things. But I believe that as a Christian, we always have to be true to God and to other people. Be sincere. Amen? The second one, we need to have forgiving spirit. Forgiving spirit. I don't know if there's someone here who would need this message, but I need this message. Philemon 1.20 says, Yea, brother, let me have joy of thee in the Lord. Refresh my bowels in the Lord. Do you know um, the story of uh, Philemon and also Onesimus? Uh, we have here a brother, his name also is Anasimus, Tatai, or Bisando. And every time that name is mentioned, I always remember this fancy barong uh, clothing store in the Philippines, Anasimus. Have you, to our men here, I know that every time we go to the Philippines to, you know, supermar I mean, supermarkets, supermalls, we always go to that, you know, store Anasimus because they really have good barongs. So what's the relationship between Onesimus and Philemon? Paul's letter to Philemon was a plea for mercy and forgiveness on a runaway slave because Philemon is the master and Onesimus is the slave. And during those times when they are under the Romans, it's like common that, you know, most of the people, they have slaves. And what happened here, when Onesimus was still not a Christian who haven't met Christ yet, um, there was no specific reason why he ran away, but there are um, speculations that he stole some substantial money.
from Onesimus. But I'm, not, I'm not too sure about that because there's actually no specific reason. But he just ran away from his master. And then later on in his life, in Onesimus' life, he was able to hear the gospel also through the ministry of Apostle Paul. And actually, in this, during this time, you know, Philemon had all the right to legally pursue justice against Onesimus. But what happened here is Paul begged him to go easy on Onesimus. Paul's acknowledging of Philemon's already existing acts of refreshment were referenced in verse number seven of uh, chapter one of Philemon. uh, It says there, for we have great joy and consolation in thy love because the bowels of the saints are refreshed by thee, brother. And Paul now was asking for another act of refreshing. The first one, we need to have a fervent spirit. Now, one that comes with a forgiving spirit. You know, there is so much animosity, not to mention bitterness, variance, hatred, strife, and even debate in our world today. And how refreshing it is when a person just takes the high road and says to those who wronged them, I forgive you. I know that's not easy, right? Especially there's like level of sin for us. We always have that level. There's the small sin, praise God. For him, every sin is just equal because every sin can be paid by the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. But for us as humans, if he just stole like a pen, it's okay. But when it's big, sometimes it's hard for us to show forgiveness and mercy. Paul worded it out to Philemon, refresh my bowels in the Lord. That says, have a forgiving spirit. You know, don't keep score. Don't hold a grudge. Don't let this thing grow into something big, something ugly, and something painful. You know, sometimes uh, the secret is just let it go. Paul then used a little psychology on him on verse 21. It says there, Having confidence in thy obedience, I wrote unto thee, knowing that thou wilt also do more than I say. But of course, um, Philemon is very mature. So I believe that he was able to not just forgive Onesimus, but also forget that wrongdoing. And not just that, to even bless him. Amen. Are we that kind of Christian? Do we have that kind of spirit? But how can we not if our Savior is a forgiving Savior? Amen? Okay, number, number one, fervent spirit, forgi- I mean, fervent sincerity, forgiving spirit, and finally, amen? The last one, For us to be a source of refreshment, we need to have a faithful service. Amen? Be faithful as a Christian. You know, a Christian that is dependable, reliable, faithful, and consistent, and let me add that constant from the Song of Rochelle, is so refreshing. 
If you are dependable, if you are reliable, if you are faithful, if you are consistent, if you are constant, you are the kind of Christian that when we see, when we fellowship with, it is refreshing. But on the other hand, there is that unfaithful person who is the source of pain and frustration. In Proverbs 25, 19, the Bible says, Confidence in an unfaithful man in time of trouble is like a broken tooth and a foot out of joint. But in the same chapter, it says in Proverbs 25, 13, As the cold of snow in the time of harvest, so is a faithful messenger to them that send him, for he refresheth the soul of his masters. Now the question is, we need to ask this ourselves. I don't know our situation before God, but the question is, are we faithful to God? Are we faithful in our service to Him? Are we constant? Are we reliable? Are we dependable? Notice this Old Testament example of how faithful service can be refreshing in 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 23, and this will be our last um, text this morning. 1 Samuel 16, 23. Are you still with me? Amen. And it came to pass when the evil spirit from God was upon Saul that David took an harp and played with his hand, so Saul was refreshed and was well, and the evil spirit departed from him. Who was David here? He was just a shepherd boy, right? He, a shepherd boy was the source of refreshment to the king of the nation. Isn't that amazing? And this wasn't just a one-time event. David was on standby to serve whenever he was needed and to serve until the purpose for which he was there and it was fulfilled. God used an ordinary boy to be a source of refreshment to a king. And you know, in our little acts, with this life that God has given us, I believe that we all can be used by God mightily to refresh other people, to be an encouragement to other people that they will keep on going and they will keep on serving God because God used our life mightily. Do we have a person like that in our life that when you see them, you're encouraged, you're refreshed? Amen. I will close with this. Um, maybe you can just elaborate this in your mind. Some Christians are like, all right, Brother Gilbert. So the first one, we have a few, few things here. Some Christians are like wheelbarrows. You know, in order for them to move, you must push them. Are you that kind of Christian? Are you a wheelbarrow Christian? The next one, some Christians are like canoes. Same thing, in order to move, it needs paddling. And also, some Christians are like kites. They must be kept on a string. See the string there, the white one? If there's no string, what's going to happen? They're going to be nowhere to be found, right? So are you that kind of Christian that something has to, you know, be pulling you? 
all right? Some Christians are also like footballs. They can't tell where they will bounce next. Oh my goodness. All right. So another thing, some Christians are like balloons. They are full of wind, ready to blow up. That's scary Christian, right? All right, so another one, some Christians are also like trailers. So an, same thing. You're, in order t- to move, it has to be pulled. And another one, some Christians are like lights. They go on and off. Actually, you know what? There's actually different kinds of lights, Christian. Um, but next, some Christians are like kittens. They are content when petted. And I think the last one, but some Christians are like the North Star. There when you need them, dependable, faithful, and loyal. What, I- what is it with North Star? Have you seen a North Star? <laughs> Pictures. Um, are you thinking of the, the star that the wise men followed? No, right? Okay, because that is not, that's the star of Bethlehem. (laughs) Okay, that is not the North Star. So I made a little uh, research on the North Star because I haven't seen that as well. Why is the North Star so special? The North Star, also known as Polaris, is attention-getting because unlike all the other stars in the sky, it is in the same location every night from dusk to dawn, neither rising nor setting. That's why it is special. It is always there. Same spot. It is loyal. Amen. It is faithful. It is dependable. It is consistent. In order for us to be refreshing to others, may God use our life that they will see the faithfulness that we have to God. Amen? Shall we close in a word of prayer? Our gracious God and heavenly Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you, Lord, for... I believe that it is a privilege and it is a blessing for our lives to be a blessing to other people because I believe that you have called us to be a light and not just a light in this darkened world, but also a light to our fellow lights. Thank you, Lord God, so much for you are the source of our encouragement, really, that your light, that your source of refreshment can be flowed through us also. Lord, may we see that purpose, the reason why you still let us stay in this darkened world is because there is a purpose. There's a reason. You want us to love you with all our heart, with all our mind, and with all our soul. And you also want us to love our neighbors as ourselves. Lord, may we always see this life not just for the benefit of our own selves, but also for what other people would benefit from us. Lord, I know that sometimes it is very discouraging to continue to do good things to other people that's why you have encouraged us in galatians chapter 6 verse 9 to not be weary in well-doing but in due season we shall reap 
if we faint not. And I know that it is the most unexplainable feeling when you get to help someone. It is an unexplainable experience if your very life that God had changed, that God had taken out of the, the dirt is being used mightily to bless other people. Lord, help us to be sincere. Lord, it's only you who really know us. That's why, Christians, let us all commit to God, let us all pray and tell God we want to be true. We want to be true to our love to Him, that when we say that we love God in front of other people, that we truly love God when we are by ourselves, when we are all alone. When we say that we honor God, we worship Him in our lives and praise Him and thank Him, when we are around a, a lot of people, may we also be the kind of person that would say, Lord, thank you, when we are all alone, when we are by ourselves. Lord, help us to be true with our testimony. Help us to be true to our service to you. Give us a fervent sincerity and also a forgiving spirit, Lord. I know that we're going to meet a lot of people in this life. Some of them would really bless us. Some of them will also bless us with a lesson learned. But Lord, always give us a forgiving spirit. I believe that it is liberty and freedom for us to be really forgiving other people because you have shown us how to forgive. Even those people who have mocked you, those people who have wronged you and did awful things to you, Lord, you were able to forgive them. You were able to forgive them. How compassionate and how merciful and how gracious you are. Lord, please help us to have that kind of spirit. And lastly, Lord, help us to be faithful. Especially, Lord God, these days that a lot of people are unfaithful at some areas of their life, but Lord God, to you, help us to be faithful. Help us to be faithful in our giving. Help us to be faithful in our service. Help us, Lord God, to be faithful in our church attendance, in our witnessing, in our praying. Help us to be faithful in our constant communication with you through your word. Lord, please help us. While the brethren are praying, Lord, I pray that you hear our hearts, hear our prayers, and we just really want to thank you for this day that we can be refreshed by you, by your word, 
and our brethren. Thank you, Lord, in Christ's name. Amen and amen.